What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Matthew Anthony Hawkins here with another Around Chilliwack podcast episode. And on today's episode, we have... Jana Carroll. And... Brooke Holler. From the Chilliwack School District. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for joining me. This is the first (gasps) post-pandemic... Not post. Mid. Mid-pandemic. Yeah. Or special. Post-lockdown. We feel very special. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are here. So what's going on? Well, we have very exciting news. Perhaps you've heard, Matt, that the school district is opening up a brand new high school, September 2021, on mm-hmm. the grounds of the former UFA campus on Yale Road. Yale and Airport, right? Yale and Airport. And... You know, people in Chilliwack have driven by it for years, and it has been purchased by the school district. It's the Ministry of Education gave the school district a whack of money, and it's being refurbished as a brand new integrated arts and technology high school called Imagine High. Imagine High. And we're pretty excited. So we've spent the last few months uh, really planning out what Imagine High could look like. And we have drawn inspiration from an abundance of folks. But what we know, what we're, what we're ready to share is that it will be starting next year for students in grade 9 to 10. And I think it'll look quite different than a traditional high school would look. So we're super excited to sort of embark on a new journey in education and kind of rethink the way we do high school in BC. And it's a school of choice. So that means anyone in the Chilliwack School District uh, who's of school age in the grade 9, 10 g- grades can attend. Uh, because So you don't have to be in a catchment. You don't have to be in a catchment. And, and of course, we're starting with grade 9 and 10. But the following year, 2023, we add grade 11 and then we add grade 12. So eventually, it's going to be a grade 9 to 12 school, integrated arts and tech. And because it's a... a a school district school it follows the bc curriculum but with a focus on integration of arts and tech and you can graduate with a dogwood diploma just like you would any other school in the chilliwack school district very cool Mm -hmm. so some of the things that you're hoping to be doing at the school is basically what we're doing right now Absolutely. I think we want to really immerse our kids in like the work of the real world. Like we have a really cool opportunity to partner with lots of local community and creative entrepreneurs in our area, because I think we want our kids to directly transition with all those skills and competencies to just go out and rock the real world when they happen. So we're looking at, we have a really astounding facility at Imagine High from a high-end theater to a dance studio to a culinary art space, um, what's going to be a magical, phenomenal meeting lab and we want to really give our kids the tools to really do work that matters in a really meaningful way. One of Brooke is the principal and I'm the um, the a consultant that was hired by I the I feel school like district. I want you to say like you're the imagineer. <laughs> oh, We're the imagineer. Never heard that before. You haven't? Isn't that what people are that work oh, in uh, yeah. Disneyland uh, or something? That's awesome. We're imagineers. We need a special like headgear. Because oh, when you told me guys the name the name of the high school, what did you imagine think? high? I immediately thought of like something I'd see on the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I Maybe mean, one of those like cheesy Disney Channel shows. <laughs> but Oh, I love it. Come be an imagine. Imagineer at Imagine High. Yeah. That's great. Okay, thank you. Can we, we steal that? Of course. We'll give you credit. <laughs> we'll we totally give you credit. It's a matism. But like I like I picture like uh Saved by the Bell. Did you ever watch that? 
Yeah. That's kind of what, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're Mr. Balding. <laughs> Belding. Belling. I can't remember. So, you're going to have, like, an A.C. Slater and a Zach Morris. Kelly Kapowski. Well, okay. Now, you know you're really giving stuff away about yourself, aren't you? Oh, Kelly Kapowski. Every every boy my age had a had massive a crush on crush. Kelly Kapowski. It's so true. It's so, so true. true. Well, hopefully, the students who come to Imagine High will be like you. Imaginative, creative. It's not necessarily a school for kids who are performers although if you are into performing arts you'll find a home at imagine high for sure right but you know what we're really about matt is creating um is helping kids develop a creative mindset because you and i know and so does brooke that creative people are very disciplined and there's a lot of rigor associated with what they do. Like we're sitting in this beautiful studio with the attention to detail, the equipment. You see the hand of an artist at work. Just Not even just that. The, the studio is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, but what Tim's tried to build here at Cowork, um, just all the offices around us, creative people working in industries that like if you went and did a tour around this facility, you'd have no idea that these jobs even existed in this city. Yes. And that's because people, the creative people have found these little niches where they can fit in and find Mm -hmm. employment, find a job, Mm -hmm. find a career. And they've built these businesses that, Mm -hmm. and they, they can, um, creative doesn't just mean it's an art related thing. Exactly. And that's what I, people get caught up in yeah. or performing art, right? Yeah. You can be creative and um, sell pipes. You can be creative and be a gardener. You can be a creative person and create beautiful relationships with people. You can be creative and want to help your community. There's a million ways to be creative. And that's what we want to foster at Imagine And that's High. what our first, when we met a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about is this um, sort of under current of creative people that live in Chilliwack that people really don't know about. And that's who you're trying to target as teenagers. Mm-hmm. These kids that have this something going on that's different than everybody else. And they want to be able to access education, access tools um, that they're not able to in the current high school. Like I know my kids, they want to get into editing and photos and music and video. And there is some of that in the current high schools, but not enough. Mm-hmm. There just isn't enough for them to like earth sciences. I, for me, I had to take earth sciences in high school. It was pointless. I wish I would have taken a video <laughs> but you're class. you're a person or, who lives on the earth. So yes. it's not pointless. <laughs> Yeah, but it didn't help me further any anything. <laughs> it it in didn't my... help you with your t- trajectory of what you were interested in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's what I see you guys doing is you're opening up these brand new channels that these kids can just jump in mm-hmm. both feet, like, and go for it. Yeah, and I think that we really we want to position kids a little different at high tech high tech high. Imagine high tech high. Well, high tech high we can talk about because it's one of our it's one of our inspirations. Sites, right? Okay, what's high tech high? Ah. High tech high is um, it's a pocket of schools. It's actually up to thirteen schools now, but really they have they flipped the whole model of education. So looking at sort of personalized, community rooted work because I think we want to sort of frame our learning around not just doing 
like giving kids cool things to play with, but framing it around really doing better for the world. Because I think we we are living in some challenging times right now. Well, before we were. We were before. <laughs> yeah, now just, we're in a pandemic. It's not better. And I think that. So, we, yeah. High tech high. I'm going to get you to move your microphone closer. Sorry. You can move it up, up. right? Okay. And then, yeah. Better. Because you're just a little quieter. A little this. quieter. So, well, I'm not even going to edit that out. That's just yeah. part of the whole process. Normally I edit that out. but So I noticed you didn't tell me that I needed to get closer. She's got no, this. No, you, you have a little. <laughs> <laughs> bit of theater experience i'm even projecting even though i have a microphone an inch from my face yeah it's <laughs> awesome why don't janet why don't you talk a little bit about your experience in art well brooke and i are both arty people in our own no life. i want to talk about yours and then oh, we're going to okay. go over to All brooke right. so, so uh, my interest in art started in high school but to be really honest with you I didn't have the venue when I was in high school a trillion years ago to really have that either nurtured or have an opportunity to explore it. So I really got into the arts as a young adult, like in my 20s. I suddenly discovered theater, visual arts. Uh, then I got into making jewelry. Then I got into writing and directing. And, you know, I, I just, it kind of came to me light a, a little bit later in my life. And I sometimes sometimes wonder what would have happened for me and other kids like me if someone when I was in grade nine would have said, hey, Janet, I noticed you really like X, you know, how about we design a project for you that's about the things that you're interested in? And uh, that's that's kind of for me what the arts have provided for me in my life. It's, it's enabled me to be part of a, a beautiful community in Chilliwack with uh, people from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, the main art that I love is uh, theater, community theater, the Chilliwack Players Guild and other groups that I've been involved with over the years. And what I really value about those experiences is you're in a play with a group of people. You're all working towards a common goal. You're each sharing the the creative load and at the end of it you create this beautiful product that is worthy of all your work and along the way no one really asks anybody like what they do for a living or what their politics are or it's just you're just unified in mm -hmm. this creative endeavor that is so fulfilling and then of course if you have an audience it's even better yeah but it's not really but that's not why you do it that's like, not yeah. why you do it it's sometimes the rehearsal and the prep is is the point of it all because mm -hmm. it's it's just a really uh wickedly uh, exciting fulfilling team sport a lot of creative endeavors well like this podcast the whole my whole platform over around Chilliwack started around this podcast I was meeting people and completely selfish reason why I started it was I wanted to be able to sit down with these people one-on-one -on -one and interview them ask them the questions that I wanted to ask them and if people ended up listening to it it was great but that wasn't why I got into it it was just I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. sitting behind microphones, usually with um, some beverages. It's a little early for us on a Friday morning. <laughs> Plus, you guys probably have to We're go back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm at work, too. 
<laughs> but you creative types, so different, eh? No. Oh, I, I get told that all the time. Though. That's one of the misconceptions I have is like, because yeah. I worked from home for 13 years mm-hmm. and people just assume that I like sat in my underwear, drank coffee till nine mm-hmm. and then started drinking beer till five. Well, and people then- think creative people might be a bit on the flaky side. And mm-hmm. sometimes there is there. I Instead of flaky, I would say creative people sometimes they're not afraid to show the different parts of themselves that other people might feel a bit more restrained about, uh, but not necessarily. I've known tons of creative people who, you know, uh, have really buttoned down everyday normal jobs, accountants and police officers and people who, teachers, you know, yeah. people who have a persona at work, but yet they've got this other side of them that's wildly creative. There's uh, an adventure guy that I followed for a little while on Instagram, and he had this philosophy that you have your nine to five job. Um, Like if you need to pay bills, make ends meet, do whatever you have to do, nine to five. But then from five to nine, that's your time. Mm-hmm. And so his, his concept was like, go on these mini adventures of, you know, backpack overnight and camp out in a tent and then show back up to work at nine in the morning kind of thing. But I think it applies to art as well or creativity. You might have to do that nine to five job. You might not enjoy it. Like say you're an accountant, you might do it because the pay is good and you know, it's consistent. You might not enjoy showing up every day, but it's you know, putting a roof over your head and Mm -hmm. food on the table. But that five to nine, if you want to get into watercolor or you want to start editing photos or whatever it is, like go for it. Like Mm -hmm. people, I don't know. Or you might be one of those people who loves numbers and loves the the structure of a job like that, mm-hmm. but also has another side of you where you love to create, um, you know, furniture or, you know, people are just endlessly creative. And I think we get this idea that some people have it and some people don't. And imagine how we know that the, the students, every student is creative. Yeah. They just need the opportunity, the nurturing, the tools to show that creativity. For sure. And I think we want creativity to not be the outlier in our work, like not what we do after like the serious academic stuff is done and like mm-hmm. we get to play for a little bit. Like we want to kind of make it the work because we think those are those are the jobs that people will go mm-hmm. into. Those are sort mm-hmm. of the it's not a side gig anymore. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, for sure. You can apply it to yeah, your what, whole life. What did we read the other day, Brooke? Something like, okay, I might be wrong in the statistic, but it's I'm in the ballpark. Something like uh, the the next couple of generations will do work. About 65% of the jobs that they will do do not exist today. Oh, you look back five years ago, so 10 that years means ago, right? Like- we're educating kids to... Uh, to be productive in a world where the jobs aren't even known to us. So the Mm -hmm. skills they're going to need of creativity, thinking outside the box, adaptability, flexible thinking, Mm -hmm. these are the skills that we want to engender in our students. I want to go back to Brooke. So Mm -hmm. art, creativity, what's your background? Where um, I was I was fortunate enough to be born into a super strange and creative family. So okay. I grew up in the floral <laughs> industry. Yeah. Um, but then I think every one of my experiences at school, I don't know that they supported that. Like I kind of feel like the passions and the create the things that I pursued for my own creativity were kind of in despite of the system, not like because of the system. So like when I graduated, I kind of was like, well, you go to university, you get like a nice 
job and you kind of do the things, right? Like, I don't know that when I was in high school, I knew the plethora of options that were out there mm-hmm. and what I could mm-hmm. have. I feel right. like my path was sort of systematically narrowed for me and it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, but there was no opportunities for those things to flourish. Right. Well, we've lived in a society that's been like that, right? Like you go to high school, you graduate, you go to a good college university, yeah. you get your degree, maybe your master's, mm-hmm. and then you start your career. And and to me, that it sounds so boring. It sounds so boring. That's why you do the work you do. Well, I did that, though. I went through That's all right. of that. That's right. You had that more, uh, you know, single trajectory. Yeah. But then and you, you work your way up slowly. And yeah. yeah. And it, Brooke yeah. is super creative in other ways, too, though. Well, she has an ex- You're a photographer too, aren't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I think that was a passion that I just developed completely on my side. And by working, I got really fortunate to find some mentors along the way who really shaped my thinking. But it's, it is, it, it's everything that I did outside of my nine to five normal existence. So like, I think I've really worked hard as a human, as an adult to kind of merge those two together. And we just really want to imagine provide those opportunities for kids. Yeah. Okay. And so okay. why you've gone through that process of school? post-secondary into a career what about what is it about that that makes you want to now oversee kids to maybe not necessarily go through that process yeah I actually I started my career in political science and I really wanted to make impact that way and then um it wasn't the soul nourishing job that I thought it might be. So I actually thought that like, if we're going to talk about systematic change, like I think it's for the kids because I think I played the game of school. I did the things, I jumped the hoops, but uh, probably missed 30% of it and still played the game. So I think that, yeah, I think also what we want kids to be when they leave the system is not the same as it was when I was leaving. Like we're not looking for a t- like, things that can be animated or things that are simple. Like we want our kids to look at complex things and ask them questions that we don't have answers to. Cause I right. don't think we get that we, traditionally anyway. Yeah. It's funny that you say like the system and the game, cause I've got three kids of my own, um, two that are one in high school, one in middle school, and especially going into high school now. Um, he doesn't enjoy school at all. And so I've had to like sit down and with him, I'm like, it, this is, this is a system. This is a, like, he loves video games. Like this is a game. What you need to do is like mm-hmm. your teacher's the boss. And there's an end boss. That's the end boss is your teacher. <laughs> and you need to figure out what his weaknesses are or her weaknesses are, what their strengths are, how you can play to them. Um, do the things that you need to do in order to get the grade that you want to get and just, get it over with like and that's not enjoyable for me as a parent to teach him that Mm -hmm. but that's the reality of it is like you know that if you do your essay Mm -hmm. in this structure this teacher will really like it and yeah and it's like we take someone like your son and I think those are the kind of kids that press us to say like why am I doing this but I think as educators we should be able to answer that yes Mm -hmm. we should be able to say like this is the relevance this is the value and here's like something real yeah it's not because well a teacher told you so and I need this assignment and it matters eventually right like I think kids deserve to know why we're doing what we're doing exactly because I've we've just basically had to tell our kids like just get through this time I know it's tough I know you don't yeah I know it's (laughs) for me I hated high school it was hell um and I couldn't wait to get out of it but with what you guys are are bringing to the table 
I think that's going to change things. I think that's going to change the game that kids might you know, be a lot more excited. Of kids like the bigger structured schools where there's multiple courses and that sort of thing. And that's, that's awesome. Oh yeah. There's still what a place for it for sure. What High is offering is choice. And that's the exciting thing I think to us is that there is another option for students. Like I have two kids, both grown up now, but I know that one of them would have thrived in a school like Imagine mm-hmm. High. The other one, maybe not so much. Right. But if the option had been there, the choice had been there, I know he would have really loved to have been in a school where his creativity could have been really, really nurtured and where he could have gotten credit for some of the super things that he credit creative things he was doing outside of school. Right. That's the other thing. A lot of really, uh, a lot of kids now are doing amazing things outside of school, but they're outside of school as opposed to things that could penetrate into the, into the curriculum and they could be given credit for. One of the things we're really hoping to do at Imagine High is because we have so many creative entrepreneurs in the district, in our community, is to get the students out into the, you know, work experience, out into the creative uh, entrepreneurial world, having creative entrepreneurs artists and residents coming into the school so that there's a kind of give and take between the school and the community. Mm-hmm. And that happens in lots of schools, that give and take. But I'm not sure that any school has really targeted the creative kind of community. And Chilliwack, as you know, Matt, has quite a vibrant kind of artistic, creative community. And it's not just the performing artists. It's like people like you, like Tim, the people who come here and work, the creative entrepreneurs. So we see our students fitting into that world really well. But Mm -hmm. also, I think a creative kind of arts approach to life helps you with whatever you do. Yeah. No matter what, like maybe you want to be a doctor. Imagine having a preparation for medicine where you have had a chance to be really authentically yourself and learn in the best way that you can learn. Like right. how how is that not helpful no matter what you do? Yeah. We think that that creative community can really support us to really just have kids see that there's value in the work they're doing and sort of flip them from this idea of like students as like receptacles of knowledge and that they sort of are there to consume knowledge to be the ones these are the folks who we want to be creating content and making things and contributing like we see them as having a really reciprocal role in the community too mm-hmm. yeah so one of the things when i sat down and had coffee with you guys um Brooke, we were talking about photography and how you got into weddings, people, because it's it pays, right? There's money in it. Um, it's interesting, just in the creative world, how we can still get locked into the well. How how can I? I don't want to say succeed. How can I support my habit? Yeah. How can I? Yeah. How can I buy new lenses? Yeah. How can yeah, I exactly. buy more equipment? Yeah. And again, like you'll still take, like I was guilty of it when I first started in business, um, just saying yes to everything. It's one of the worst things that you can possibly do because uh, then you're scrambling and you're trying to figure things out and then you take on too much and then mm-hmm. you're, you just... It's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you do have to say yes, even though you don't necessarily know. Um, I could say this now because I've completed the project. Um, when I did the time-lapse video or time-lapse project with Molson Coors, when they came into Chilliwack, um, it was my mom's birthday and uh, Molson Coors calls me up, uh, thanks to SEPCO, 
and says, we want to do a time lapse for multiple years. We'd like camera set up outside. Can you do this? And I remember sitting on the phone um, in my mom's backyard because we were just about to sing happy birthday to her. The candles were lit on the cake. And I said to my mom, I really have to take this. <laughs> and she looked at me and she knew because uh, she knows I would not do that ever if if it wasn't important. She's like, you better get that contract. <laughs> and so I'm talking on the phone and just lying straight through my teeth. Yes, I can make this happen. Um, but sometimes you have to do that in, in creative businesses, just kind of take that leap knowing that I know cameras. Mm-hmm. I, I have an understanding of how it all works. You figured it out. You problem solved your way through make it. Make it happen. Yeah. That's exactly. one of the things that uh, I learned in my internship is make it happen. <laughs> There's this cheesy, awful baseball poster <laughs> in an office and on the just bottom it said, it. make, make it, it work. Yeah. I think too, um, just an observation that I have is that as a society, we have not valued creative people, which is ironic because we hold actors, you know, in very high regard. They're kind of like our royalty, you know, mm-hmm. movie stars and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I think there's a shift happening. I think people are starting, our society is starting to understand the value of creative thinking, the value of creative people. And um, something that I have also noticed over the years is that creative people get lowballed for, 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 you know, uh, salaries for things. And mm-hmm. also people feel like they should be able to get creative people to do things for them for almost nothing. <laughs> It, it's brutal. Like I'm yeah. sure as photographer, yeah, you understand, well, you need to add to your resume or It'll your, portfolio. your portfolio. It'll help yes. your portfolio. So it's a gift. like, yeah. like well, I we're th- friends. Just take a photo. Yeah. And I think we want to change that mindset. Like create the creative, the creative capacity of people is a rigorous thing. If you know photography, you have spent hundreds of thousands of hours taking photos, looking at equipment, looking at other people's work, mimicking, interpreting, innovating. Like yeah. you've, and no matter what creative form you're involved with, you have put rigorous work into it. And that's kind of what we want to really emphasize at the school mm-hmm. is that creativity is the glue that's going to hold the curriculum together and that it has rigor. It's not like we're all sitting around and, you know, just emoting the, or, or the, fl- the ideas that people have of, of artistic or creative people being flaky. That's, that's not and what we're about. It's rigorous. Kids are going to learn. Kids are going to show their work in creative ways but it's going to be beautiful work it's going to they're going to be proud of whatever they do a dance recital a film a novel whatever they create they will be proud of it yeah that's very cool yeah yeah Yeah. are you guys excited we're so excited (gasps) we already know the answer we're ridiculous like we really pinch ourselves every day and i have to say we are very like-minded people so Mm -hmm. we have created a a great partnership. We well, be- you came out of retirement for this. Well, not really, because I was at UFV. Yeah. I was in teacher education, but I am okay. back with the school district yes. after not being there for six yeah. years. So. And then where have you come from, Brooke? Um, I was from the Fraser Canyon. I'm from the prairies originally, but I've been in the Fraser Canyon for 15 years. And wow. we saw the posting and we said, like, this is... If I could mortgage my house and build my own school, this is what it would look like. So the opportunity Very to do cool. this within a public system is really great. It's pretty amazing. It's, yeah, you don't hear about it. Like it's not. Well, Brooke was telling you about High Tech High. High Tech High is in San Diego. Okay. Another school that 
that resonates with us and inspires us is called School 21 in the UK, London, UK. There are these model schools now globally and in BC, like there's the Pacific Institute in Victoria, Pacific Institute of uh, Inquiry and Innovation. There's lots of pockets of these kind of very forward-thinking, innovative schools. We want to be one of those schools. Mm -hmm. We want to be one of those schools that people want to come visit. Right. Right? That's our goal. Yeah. That's a great goal. Yeah. And I think like one of the highlights for me is when we started and we started posting like the amount of of interested folks who have reached off across the province who are like, this is cool. Like you have an amazing yeah. opportunity here. Yeah. I want in. Yeah. yeah. Like, or we just want to talk this. to you about it. We want to know what mm-hmm. you're doing. So it's it's a, a, such a beautiful opportunity for our community. The, the refurbishment of the UFE building, it has mm-hmm. a has a kind of a nice, you know, everything. It's gonna, already going to have a bit of an artsy feel before yeah. the, like, with that theater and everything yeah. in there. Like The facilities are amazing. Beautiful. The, it's a beautiful theater. It's going to have state-of-the-art lighting and sound. We have a huge double-wide dance studio. We have 2D and 3D art studios. We have a, we have a culinary kitchen. We have a choral and music studios we have a a digital tech kind of space dedicated for students who want to really explore that kind of you know art form and and beautiful big classrooms and it's like right right on the bus route yep the bus route is right there right outside and there's a starbucks there now there's a starbucks right there (laughs) and we also have i think we told you we have on the grounds of the UFE campus, there's a, a small standalone building that was a daycare when it was UFE. And that now houses uh, a multiple grades, six to eight, six, seven, and eight students from all over the district who are piloting this integrated arts and tech approach. Mm-hmm. And there are three teachers. One has an engineering kind of tech background, and the other two have multiple arts backgrounds, plus they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. teachers, so they know curriculum. And they're doing really, really cool things with the kids in that in that uh, integrated cohort. So the grade eights in that uh grade six to eight cohort will transition directly to Imagine High in 2021. So we'll have our first little intake of wow. of grade eight. So, yeah. It's so cool. And I think the, the biggest thing that I'm excited about is comparatively to many high schools, we're actually quite small. So I mm. think that we will have an ability to just know our kids really, really so what, well. So what size will it be when you... Uh, eventually it'll be 700. So we're okay. looking at um, Which about is half small of that from mm-hmm. last year. Oh, that's like a graduating class from... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll, right? like, we want to be like a really close, tight-knit community and I, we want to just scoop up our kids so we know them all. Mm-hmm. And so we start with grade nine and 10 and there we have the capacity for about 350 grade nines and tens the first year. So the first year it's going to be just like, imagine 350 kids with all the teachers, the, all these beautiful facilities, this kind of approach to learning mm-hmm. and teaching. And, you know, it's going to be special and it's also going to be experimental, which means we're going to encourage both students and uh, the teachers and the staff to try things like we you know the the bc curriculum is the north star you you can't veer away from that but the bc curriculum can be taught in a million different ways right right and this is the way we're going to teach it through through the lens of integrated arts and tech very cool 
Mm-hmm. We should tell you about our Zoom town halls. Yeah. So um, yes, when is that? When when is that coming up? We have a series of three, and they're really open to anyone. So they're open to families. So if you have any sort kids. of interest, in yeah, the, looking at this, yeah. your staff, anybody. So so is that the one thing um, for students to attend the school? Is they do have to live in Chilliwack? We may have spots available for students outside the district, but preference is always given to students who are in in our school district. Okay. But doesn't uh, matter where you're living in the school district. No, it doesn't matter what your catchment area is. And Brooke will give you the dates for our Zoom town halls and then I'll tell you a little bit about the registration. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. We just we just want to share with folks like why why come to Imagine Mm -hmm. High? Like what's different? And Mm -hmm. then we wanted to share the registration process just so folks know how to come to Imagine. So our first one is on October twenty second. It's an evening one at six thirty. And then we have two more following. We have a November the Fourth, which is I believe at twelve thirty, so that's a midday. Just we wanted to give folks some options, and then a third again on November twenty fifth. So via Zoom, um, people can send emails ahead of time to imagine uh, at SD thirty. So uh, what we'll do is we'll with the podcast post is we'll put those dates oh, and information on there that too. That would be awesome. Because so, if people are like me, I I've I already know, forgotten what you said. Over your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can follow us. You yes, can where? follow Over us on media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Imagine. SD33. And uh, if you want to email us, phone us, talk to us. If you have a, a child you think would be interested in attending, we're happy to have a conversation with you just to see if the fit is right and mm-hmm. uh, explore it with you. Uh, Brooke is a really uh, kind of hands-on principal and, and I know that her, that personal connection is super important to her. I can just tell from our relationship so far. Yeah. And if you're a member of the community or a business or organization that sees some potential for partnership, like I think we yeah. want to really... Well, that's how we got started talking about this yeah. is mm-hmm. I sit on the... Um, on Chilliwack Economic Partners Corporation on the Creative Commission, which is formerly uh, the Film Commission. Mm-hmm. And so Janet reached out because of our extended previous relationship. Fitness. Yes. We did lots of fun uh, art projects together. We did. I actually directed Matt in a play once. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. My first play. It was on My his only play list. so far. I know. You have to come out and audition again, Matt. I, yeah, I got to wait. It's just, <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a big time commitment though. It is a huge time commitment. It's yeah. like major. Yeah. Um, I had to play a stuttering British man on the stand. <laughs> it was witness for the prosecution and Agatha Christie murder mystery. Excellent. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't know why I had to have a stutter, but we just thought, let's go with it. <laughs> just a man that lacks some confidence on the stand. <laughs> and so it was hard, like trying to like have a British accent and stutter. But you did it. And I even made like some, uh, some of the review uh, write-ups. You did. You did. Well, <laughs> no. not everyone loves what we do, Matt. No. <laughs> I don't read reviews anymore. But it just made me laugh that I made the reviews. Because <laughs> they were as confused about why I was doing it as <laughs> I was. <laughs> but oh. it, anyways, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Oh. Um, yeah, Janet and I, we've known each other for a while. Mm-hmm. Quite a while now. And Janet, even you did some coaching with me too. I did. Once you were out of the school district. I did. So I, I took a coach, I took some coaching training, like as in like, you know, job coaching, life coaching. And Matt was my, was my guinea pig. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He was. It was really fun. It was actually really interesting to coach a person that I knew. 
Mm-hmm. But we, we actually... And during a time that I had to really pivot in my yeah. business. Major adjustment. Major adjustments, which yeah. you did. Yeah. And it took... But it just having outside eyes and... Mm-hmm. It was good outside mm-hmm. perspective. Mostly what I just did was talk and we drank coffee. We Actually, did. I did most of the listening. Yeah. I think you did most of the talking. Yeah. It was good though. Uh-huh. So now, Brooke, you're uh, ready to just... So how long have you been living in Chilliwack first? Uh, about two months. Okay. Uh, moved in the summer. It's beautiful here just in time for rainy season. Yes. Brooks Especially to, this week. Brooks yeah, I'm to from the, the desert. desert, so it's like a little bit of a change. Yeah, so yes. the other day when it rained really hard, I could see that Brooke was shocked. It's not like rain. It's like a waterfall in the uh, outside. <laughs> and Janet, you're like, it's Tuesday. Oh, my God. I'd be like, oh, here we go. The yeah. rains have come. I know. I said to Brooke, you need to get yourself some rubber boots and a really good umbrella and a really good raincoat. You're mm-hmm. going to live in the valley. Yeah. That's so have you sure. discovered any good places to eat? That's one of the, like, mm-hmm. this is one of the things that we always mm-hmm. talk about on this podcast. We've is that, had a few excellent places. I think yeah. we are a little bit partial to our Yellow Deli lunches. Okay. We're they addicted make great to the Yellow soup Deli. Soup and sandwiches. Oh, mm-hmm. their sandwiches are so good. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. What did I oh, have? Oh, Shandar Hut. Shandar Hut. Frequent. Yes. Uh, I haven't taken The Addy any. family, and they're expanding. They're going okay. to a second location. Uh, Where? Down on Promontory and oh, Chilliwack yes. River Road. Yes. Uh, where else have we? I haven't. We taken, get a lot of coffee. We get a lot of coffee. We go to Tim's. We go to Starbucks. Um, I we haven't gone to Chili's yet for Thai food. Okay, they're great. They're fantastic. They're really really good. So, we're and tra- now we've got the downtown development coming in. So yes. Bow and Stern will be coming in. That's what I understand. Fresh seafood. Mm-hmm. And Bow and Stern has uh, has an Abbey restaurant on Montrose. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like they kind of target kind of the downtown areas and maybe or. Yeah. Uh, so Algra Brothers. really good. Yeah. Algra Brothers are the ones doing the development. They were the ones that set the one up in Abbotsford. Um, and now with um, being here in Chilliwack, they've pulled some of these businesses that they've helped establish in Abbotsford to open second locations. That's so so cool. like Spruce Collective. Um, oh, the, and they're in Abbey too, the Spruce mm-hmm. Collective. Same, same on Montrose. And, oh yeah, yeah, they have beautiful kind of funky, unusual furniture and decor items and you can do painting. A boutique shop, yeah. Boutique, yeah, yeah. really, really nice. Yeah. I bought shot glasses from them actually. It came in like this little canvas pouch. Uh, one of the things that we do when we go golfing is if you get a birdie, we have birdie juice. I so see. we pull out these shot glasses. Uh-huh. Um, but I loved it because it, when you line them all up, it has a saying on it. And uh, the saying says, may the bridges I burn light the way, <laughs> which I think is <laughs> so good. <laughs> so we always... Uh, have a little toast. If if we get a birdie, though. It doesn't happen as much as we'd like. Say, but bir- isn't that birdie one under par? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, yes, Bruce Collective uh, Fieldhouse will be coming in there, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's going to be some more dining options Excellent. for you. Well, and it's 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 very cool because I've been trying to describe the community to Brooke. It's, it's such an eclectic community. And it's changing very quickly right now. And it's right changing now. and it's growing and, and it's it's a really rich community. It's really diverse actually in tons of ways. Mm-hmm. And now we have this wave of folks coming in from, you know, Burnaby and Surrey and moving into the area and changing the, the, the district yet again. Here's something that we probably want to mention and that is the um, sometimes 
the community thinks in terms of north side of the freeway, south side of the freeway. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's a little bit of a attitude about the north side of the freeway. Both ways. Because we also, we call it, uh, we call it checks it. Yeah, exactly. So we want to, we want to split. We want, (laughs) we want the north side to be the north side and Uh, south side to be the south side. And Garrison could even be its own thing too. And Garrison could be its own thing. So the thing about Imagine High. Garrison people. The Imagine High, which is (laughs) a a school of choice, means that we're going to draw students from all over the district. Which is so good. Which is, I think, very cool because, Mm -hmm. like, let's face it, we're all Chilliwackians. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you live in the in the city, you have something to contribute and you have something to learn from other people. So I think we're thinking uh, thinking of our school as, as a place where equity and diversity really can thrive, mm-hmm. where students who have all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of uh, interests, uh, all different kinds of family situations and economic situations can find a safe haven to express themselves. That's what I love with the creative world, though, and I think it'll be an easy adaptation for you guys to have is um, creative. We're already weird and quirky and we're already pretty much screwed up and accept it. Um, And we just know that anyone else that's creative is the exact same way. And you don't really care where they're from, what they look like, who they like. It's just sometimes there's, there's an instant rapport among mm-hmm. people who are interested in the, or passionate. That's the other thing. Sometimes the thing about people who are creative is that mo- more than anything, they're just really passionate about something. They'll spend hours doing it. Whereas most people would say, oh, that's enough of that. Yeah. Right. But they'll just persist and keep going because that passion or that interest just kind of carries the energy for them. Oh, like for myself in terms of video, like just learning editing. I remember Probably I can't spent even- hours like staying awake till two or three in the morning mm-hmm. and then getting up at six because <laughs> mm-hmm. all I can do is lay there dreaming about what I was learning and like, okay, I got to get back and try and do it again. Yeah. Or my kids were just mm-hmm. begging to yeah. <laughs> get my attention. So yeah, I find that like you, the creative people will have that sort of yeah, passionate if you can, edge. If you can attach to a kid's interest and a passion for something, they work becomes effortless mm-hmm. like it's still effort but it doesn't feel like that slogging i have to it's get like through fun. this and then it becomes so rich and rewarding and mm-hmm. you want to do it and you you know your your mom is saying or your dad is saying hey turn out the lights and go to bed and you know but you still want to continue doing that thing that's that that's got you so interested and passionate because i think people sort of see things that like they're mutually exclusive like you can have a really rich like academic life or you could like do something like in a tutu or you could be poor and not have right but like they're (laughs) not like mutually exclusive no not at all provide both yeah yeah so brooke as the principal of imagine high a kid gets into trouble because kids always get into trouble doesn't matter what kind of what is there like a detention or like what what's that going to look like here's a box of watercolor paints learn how to do it like there you go. I, I, to the dance studio to the dance yes studio. you're gonna learn to jig i really i'm kind of a believer that behavior is quite honestly what happens when kids don't know what to do or when they're bored so like when you see these really innovative learning environments behavior doesn't exist in the same way because it doesn't need to at the same time but then i think 
like if there's issues or dilemmas that arise at a school, then I think we look at restorative practices and we do that in a really democratic way with kids. But I actually asked that question when I was at High Tech High. I said, like, what do you do when stuff goes south? And he's like, it just doesn't because they are engaged the whole time. Right. So it's just a different way of learning. So like I was never a behavior kid. I skipped school, which is the same sort of thing, right? Like you're walking You just with checked your feet. out. Yeah. You're yeah. Walking. Um, That's what I did. But if you look at classrooms where kids are busy and engaged and happy. And making things, creating things, using their hands and their brains and their hearts. That's the thing, right? School has traditionally been about the brain. Just using your head, your cognition. Whereas we want kids to be doing things with their head, their hands, and and connected to their heart. Because if it's not connected to who you are as a person, what's the value? Mm-hmm. If it is not connected to something that will make the world a little better place, what's the value? And they're right. not making something to like hand into a teacher to get a grade back and then toss it in the recycling bin on the way mm-hmm. out the door, right? Like mm-hmm. what they're doing is work they're proud of, that they've sweat over, that mm-hmm. they've slaved over, that has like real purpose in the world. So I think mm-hmm. when kids find purpose, that's what matters in school. I'll give you an example of 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 a of an of a kind of a, a learning outcome that inspires us for Imagine High. And that's, uh, Brooke is familiar with two teachers, uh, Brent and Stacy. I don't know their last names. And with an integrated group of grade sevens and eights up in Ashcroft, Ashcroft, Mm -hmm. they created a field guide to the Thompson River. They spent a bulk of their time outside exploring the flora and fauna. Mm -hmm. They did topographical maps of the area. They they, they studied the watershed. They created drawings of the plants, descriptions of the plants. They worked with an elder in the First Nations community to learn the First Nations names and uses of the plants. And they created, they published a beautiful field guide. Like it's... it's like The amount of subjects, like if you looked at a traditional yeah. school yeah. that's mm-hmm. covered in one subject. So um, they're doing art, they're doing photography, they're history, doing history, they're geography. doing First Nation people's principles of learning, geography. And when that when you see this beautiful professional pro- document. professional document like he, and this Very is kids cool. of all different abilities mm-hmm. with different talents and skills. Yeah. And imagine being the teachers of that. Yeah. Imagine how that harnesses your passions and your interests. Mm-hmm. And then when they're finished, they've made something for their community. Yeah. And they, they can all now, look back at. And, and now they're rooted in an understanding of where they live and they've contributed to, to their to themselves but to each other like i just it's such a beautiful example of what Mm -hmm. we want to do so cool yeah really really cool so that's just like a small like snapshot of what you guys are hoping to see happen Mm -hmm. out of imagine i I think i still want to see the disney channel tv show happen though (laughs) yes well we're thinking like could we have a podcast could we have a school film festival we have lots of wacky ideas could we have a focus on fishing for a period of time and we look at the local fishing industry in the first nations and do filming on fishing and do fly tying and Mm -hmm. i don't know make jewelry out of it like we're only limited by how creative our our staff and our kids will be yeah like we want to just kind of just think really differently about everything well that's cool because you could have a kid come in with an idea that none of the staff has ever thought of none of the administrators Mm -hmm. And had mm-hmm. said, I'm passionate about this. And then yeah. just start working around, well, how can we 
harness that? How can we? Yeah. We actually talked about that this morning a mm-hmm. little bit because we're sort of envisioning what 11 will 12 will look like down the road. When the kids are older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we want to involve the kids in that process. So like if there's a group of kids and they're passionate about homelessness in Chilliwack, how do we actually build curriculum outcomes around that so we can focus on that? So then maybe it's you get credit for social justice 12, you get credit for digital media and you make a document like a documentary. So we really want to be mm-hmm. creative in how we're structuring things. Yeah. Maybe out of a project like that, uh, there are uh, some of the students write monologues about homelessness and perform them for younger kids or create, um, you know, create a film like you can see that the that the opportunities are kind of endless, but it's still connected to the to all the big ideas and the competencies of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So it isn't like kids are not doing the work of school. Right. They're, they're just, just doing it differently. They're instead of going to one class at a time and then learning something, the content of that class and then moving over to the content of the next class, mm-hmm. which works great for some kids and some teachers. Yeah. But most kids, most of us as human beings learn holistically. Yeah. We are engaged fully when we are really immersed in learning. Well, even for myself, um, just kind of looking behind the curtain, sitting here talking with you guys, something that I'm passionate about, um, inside my head, the amount of times I drift in and out of things and like the random stuff that's going on in the back of my head. And I can see that in my, my at least, especially my oldest, right? That... And that's why he struggles in that sort of go from this subject to this subject to this subject and having to turn it on or off. And whereas in for chunks. him, yeah, yeah, like he loves guitar and he loves history. So he'll go to history class and he'll obsess thinking about everything he's learned about World War II. And then he has to go over to PE and, oh, we're going to learn a new sport today. Well, his head's still stuck in World War II and um, the book he read, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. And like he's thinking about all of that stuff and he, he's not just going to transition over just because the bell rang and now you've got to go to a different spot. Something like this that integrates everything all together, he would do so much better. Well, and the integration of learning in schools like High Tech High and School 21, they have way longer work periods. They're not driven by bells. There aren't bells. There are no bells. Well, that's the thing. Like if you're in a classroom, you're in a classroom for the day and we're going to start working on this project and there's going to be multiple facets to it. And Mm -hmm. we're going to you know, we're going to do a little bit of geology or we're going to do a little bit of biology or we're going to um, sit in art for a while or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like that well, field guide, what you talked about is a perfect example of it. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful example? Yeah. I think we also think that like kids, kids want to make the world a better place, but I don't know that they're they always motivated. feel empowered to do that. Right. So because like, they're kids, mm-hmm. right? They want to do good things. And there, there is no drought of causes to champion in our communities. And for I think sure. when kids feel like they are actually contributing and mm-hmm. making real change, mm-hmm. like that's the power for kids. Yeah. I think something I sort of, the pandemic sort of showed a lot of things about kids learning that I think we're all really, it was an eye opener for educators. I have a little grandniece who's 11. She lives in Nova Scotia and she, it's not really jazzed about school like she goes and but she's you know she finds math hard and they keep accusing her of of, you know being a daydreamer so during the pandemic my sister was telling me she learned how to make pizza from scratch so she went online and she researched different kinds of dough and she experimented with the different kinds of dough 
she made herself a chef costume with a little hat, <laughs> including a little mustache Thanks. that she made. Okay. She wants to be a French chef. Okay. So she had a, a French pizza dinner for her family. She set the table. She made the pizza from scratch. She had her little outfit on. She learned a couple of phrases. In fr- like she did this all on her own. Wow. The other thing she did is she went online and figured out how to make masks without sewing with paper clips and pieces of fabric and uh, elastics. And she made masks for her whole family and some of her friends. Okay, these are the kinds of things that kids do mm-hmm. when they're just doing things on their own. Yep. Then they go to, like for my little grandniece, Sophie goes to school and she's getting feedback from her teacher that she's a daydreamer and she's got all this math homework to do and she's fighting with her mom about math homework. And I'm just thinking... Sucking her soul. It's sucking her little soul right out of her body. It's... Who's the... um, It's a (laughs) British fellow. He's written numerous books on education. Ken Robinson. And he has a TED Talk. Do schools kill creativity? Everyone should watch it. The one story where he talks about the girl that has like the doctors prescribing her with like Ritalin, ADHD yeah. mm-hmm. and ADD and everything you can name and mm-hmm. just wants to shove drugs into her. And then they finally go and see someone and they talk and close the door and they look through the window and there's nothing wrong with your daughter. It's that she's a dancer. And yeah. like that, I was like, when I was like just bawling when I, cause yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so me. Like, I just wish someone would have like seen, seen that you, seen said, you. Yeah. No, you should not be following this path. Yeah. This is not you. You are going to hate your life yeah. until you pivot and change and do the things that you're passionate about and yeah. that you care about. And yeah. And we like, we celebrate that as educators so well in kindergarten, like kindergarten kids come to us and they have like, everything they do is wonderful yeah. life and it's exciting. It looks they, like crap, but I know you shows. put your heart into yeah. it. <laughs> Even if there's no talent, we have talent shows and we celebrate yeah, them. Totally. Right? But like, why does yeah. that, why yeah. does that die off as kids get older? Like, yeah. why do we stifle that? The academics just, yeah, well, just one of the over. things that we realize now about education is that it was, uh, rever- high school was reverse engineered from university. So it was the whole high school system emulates the university system, which is now undergoing big changes as well. What do you mean? And it's, it's as Ken Robinson says, it's the industrial model. It was kind mm-hmm. of, it came into its own, you know, during the industrial revolution, this idea that you you divide up learning and you put kids in same age cohorts and they move through in this systematic way. And then yeah. when they get to high school, they go from one subject to another and then they go to university. Well, we know now that a lot of our kids do not go to university. They're going into trades. Brooke and I toured the UFE Trades and Tech Center. It's a great facility. It's Beautiful amazing. Facility. Kids are learning how to weld and create and build and cook and digital. Like and are moving right into jobs. Moving yeah. right into jobs. So it's ama- and well-paying, good jobs. So they yeah. don't need to feel like they're stupid kids because they maybe they don't have a degree on their wall or they maybe don't appreciate Shakespeare as much as say I do. Right. Like we kind of want to redefine success, right? Like, and not look at it in such a uh, narrow way. Sparks Corn Barns. You guys are familiar with Sparks Corn. Of course, corn. the Sparks Corn Barns. I got to interview uh, Ian Sparks for uh, agricultural video. Um, we've driven by those corn barns. Forever. Forever. 
Uh, Their corn is really good, by the way. It is. Yeah, some of the best. Uh, He has a facility uh, barn right off of uh, Young Road and the highway, uh, the start of Luckacuck there, and uh, got to go in. And no cameras allowed inside, no phones. You you can have a tour with him. I'm not, I shouldn't say that because he's not going to give just anybody a tour. It's, it's on lockdown basically. And the reason is because this farmer has built this massive, um, industrial complex inside that barn for how he processes his corn, built it all himself, sat there, everything from the loading docks for his trucks to how the corn comes in off of the fields to everything happening in the fields. He's created everything by welding and wow just doing it all himself like buying old machine parts and stripping them down and then putting it all together himself and figuring out okay if i do this this is what's going to happen here and then this is i'm going to be able to get this here um like it's a talk about creativity yes and people see this like redneck farmer that's out in the field, they wouldn't think, well, that's a creative guy. Now, is he going to listen to this podcast and you just called him a redneck farmer? Uh, he, he would uh, wholeheartedly would accept it? it. Yeah, he would, uh, he would. He would say right on. Oh, yeah, totally. And then he'd probably ask if we want to go have a beer or something. So. Well, be, there's a perfect example of how we think the only creative people in the world are the people who are, you Painting. know, dancing and painting. Yeah. And uh, for sure, creative people do those things too. There are talented people who are talented in different areas. And then there's just human beings who are just innately creative. Mm-hmm. We are just, all of us. I've never met a kid I didn't think was creative, ever. Right. But you would meet kids in high school who will tell you they aren't. Oh, yeah. Because it's been sucked out of them. Yeah. Or they, they'll, you know, they'll start to draw something or start to create something. They'll say, oh, this is no good. Whereas, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole concepts around design thinking. You probably are. But design thinking is premised on this idea that you need multiple iterations of something to get to something that works and is worthy of your time and talent. Mm-hmm. And 10,000 hours till you can call yourself a professional. Exactly. So it it gets us away from this idea that there's one right answer and you get one shot at showing your learning. This is okay. You create something, you get some critique, you get some feedback, you take another stab at it, you get some more critique and feedback, you look at it, you have criteria that you know would make a good product you're looking at. Like this is what you do, right? The creative process. It's the creative process. And then ultimately you get to the product that you are proud of. But that again is just an iteration along the way because Mm -hmm. you might go back to that later when you're more knowledgeable and refine it further. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like artists have this sense that the work is never done. There's always a better way to do it. And they're always thinking about it. And that was something I learned through doing visual art is that I used to think I had to just paint a perfect painting. And then I saw this woman, I did a tutorial and she said, think about it this way. You spend some time playing, just free play. Then you start to take your free play ideas and you start to give it a bit more structure. And then the final stage is refining. Don't get those stages mixed up. Mm-hmm. And in school, traditionally what we've done is we've given kids some information and then we've expected them to get to the refinement stage. 
or just tell us the information again. Or just tell us, the, like not yeah. even go through that process. Well, just that's education. Us, just tell us the You've information. You've recapped everything back. I told you to recap. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's that system, that game. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that's, that is, we all know that that's, and the curriculum is not supporting that anymore. Mm-hmm. The curriculum is really forcing the change in the system that will come with time, but we want to brush it. Mm-hmm. We want to make it happen sooner rather like than tomorrow. Like yeah. tomorrow. Like tomorrow. Like September 2020. It'll feel like tomorrow. It will. Yeah. So again, where can people find you guys? Uh, anywhere on social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is at ImagineSD33. But our website is also imagine.sd33.bc.ca and everything links from there. So. And I'll make sure that we have... That yeah. Right. And uh, Brooke will, of course, tweet out what we did today and sure. we'll. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a picture once we're done here. Yeah. Too. So we really, we're really inviting community questions, involvement, thoughts. Uh, we've been reaching out to the creative community and, and other members of the community. And you guys will be speaking at Pechacucha. We will. Yes. That's upcoming this fall. We're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So Pechacucha, if people aren't familiar, it's a. Um, presentation format i guess you could call it mm-hmm. so you guys will get 20 slides 20 seconds per slide works out to six minutes and 40 seconds i think so the best part about it when we do it each year through sepco is that uh, we get anywhere from seven to ten presenters um if you don't enjoy listening to the presenter you it's know only that you've six got minutes six <laughs> minutes and 40 seconds to get through it and uh so just check out and uh, come back to the next one. But it's it's a really fun night. Um, this year, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, you guys We're come up We're excited. With. And now we know how to say it. We've been practicing yeah. Pecha Kucha for a while. Though we were saying Machu Picchu, Pokemon <laughs> Puchu, yeah. Pichu Kuchu. We, we weren't sure. But now it's Pecha Kucha. We know. Pecha Kucha. Pecha Kucha. So yeah, that'll be great. But thank you so much, guys, for sitting Thanks down. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Matt. Great. And uh, hopefully we can do something through around Chilliwack and Imagine High. and We'll keep you posted what's happening. And, of course, at one point, the school will be open for tours. Like, it's in the middle now of being renovated. But when it's open and hopefully COVID will pass a little bit and we'll be able to have tours through the building or at least people can come and see the building in its new so form. So you've said tours a couple times there. Yes. <laughs> I'm only bringing it up because I saw it in my Facebook memories today. Uh, I have a long history of working with Tim McAlpine, who mm-hmm. owns co-work here. Tim uh, ran Currency Marketing, which was working with uh, a young and free program with uh, credit unions across Canada and the U.S. And he had spokesters in each of these regions. And my job was being the spokester coach. And so Tim had me on staff as his spokester coach. One of the things that we got into, um, and these are uh, teenagers that were from and early 20s from all over North America. And so we had this uh, ongoing debate of how you say the word tour. And so in my Facebook memory, <laughs> it's just said, uh, all my status said was T-O-O dash E-R. Tour. <laughs> and because some of them say tour. Tour. Oh, yes. Tour. American those, tour. Those mainers. Tour. And then, yeah. And then I say, no, it's tour. Tour. And uh, it's out out and about on our tour. On tour, (laughs) our tour, (laughs) tour or tour. Yeah. So I'm in the tour tour camp. So I guess that is tour. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. 
<laughs> so those are the things like that we would get obsessed about talking about because they'd say things. And I'm like, what did you just say? That's not how you say that word. So, well, we will have people for tours or tours, <laughs> either, however you want to call it. And we're also looking for, you know, creative people to partnership with. So uh, mm-hmm. creative entrepreneurs and businesses that want creative people around, um, you know, I imagine, I, I imagine you, Matt, as one of our creatives in residence where you could come and work with some of our students and yeah, we'll have to talk. impart your, uh, your knowledge and get them all enthused about, you know, cause sometimes when kids meet people in, on, in kinds of work that they didn't even know existed, it's very inspiring for them. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've learned that just through the, um, even doing a few classes and seminars and things is people go, I didn't even know you could do that for a living. Yeah. And yeah. And I still have people wondering what I do for a living, but <laughs> we'll okay. see keep them guessing, <laughs> keep them guessing. So anyways, thank you so much again, thank guys. You. Thank you. It was Thanks a pleasure. And, uh, we look forward to working more together. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. 